You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. What is going on out there in lalaland.com? I'm what? Benny Goodman. You're listening to 2020. I'm with Corey Peza and Siobhan Cronin. Yeah. How's it going, Ben? You guys are like the ellipsis that's just popping up and down <laughs> on my phone <laughs> when the girls don't get back to me. And then my girlfriend's like, I'm going to fucking stab you in the eye socket. This week, we have a really ridiculously awesome episode. We yeah. talk to one of my favorite people in the entire world. And for those musicians that don't know her... Cara Maria Sorbello from MTV, The not Challenge. Not just musicians, just people in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, we don't I discriminate. Guess... <laughs> you don't have to be a musician Stupid to listen to our podcast. Stupid yeah. okay. you know, Actually, it's true. We, we know that musicians don't watch MTV, which is... Fair enough. Well, yeah, not since no it music played music. It. <laughs> Instead, they have Cara Maria Sorbello and her boyfriend, Paul, who is on Big Brother and uh, X on the Beach. They're both like unbelievable TV icons Kara's hair, if you haven't seen it, like it's piratey dreads and crazy colors and she reads to her Instagram and she's got more followers than like any band I know has ever sold records. So like, go check her out. Cara Maria Sorbello. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2020. My name is Benny Goodman. On this crazy dais, I have Siobhan Cronin somewhere over there. Um, I have my whiskey drinking friend. Uh, uh, Mata whiskey, though. Corey Peza. I thought you were going to say you weren't tonight. my friend. And then I'm so happy to say, despite all of the odds against us, I'm reunited with one of my favorite people in the entire world. And the world all knows her, too, from MTV. Cara Maria Sorbello. How are you? <laughs> Hi. So, so Cara, you almost didn't make it. What the What the hell's going on? I'm Tell just us. being a fucking diva. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Betty. No, I worked out and I didn't even get to eat, and then I had to read for book club, and I'm tired and I don't. Did, did you think Did you think texting me was gonna be a way out? Because that's just where I'm gonna harass you harder. Yeah, I can't. You just have to. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I was like, I'll be sweaty and gross. We'll do this. If I use the ring light high enough, you'll even know. So I'm comfy. I'm ready. I'm good. Cara, don't you know that guilt is one of my skills? Yeah, well, you win. You win. (laughs) I really tried to all through it. it. I was like, no, I want to like curl my hair or look pretty. And your hair looks awesome, dude. You look great. It. You literally look like you got ready for this. Meanwhile, I spent like an hour getting ready and I'm like, she still looks better. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I just came for compliments. So uh, this is the best <laughs> it gets, dude. So like, if you want, like, you know what? I would say being on the show is like getting the crappy opening band before you have like Aerosmith. 
because then they look like they're so much better. You stand next to me, maybe Corey a little bit, you're going to look great all the time. So don't worry about it. Great. Okay, <laughs> now we established that. Let's catch up on some life, huh? What have you been doing? I, like you're in Montana, like raising horses. and Like what's going on over there? I mean, I don't even know how to like, from the time that, so we'll do a little backstory real quick. Like me, Benny taught me how to DJ. Side note, do you remember this? Oh, I that thing in the corner there? Oh, nice. All the way up to Montana. Oh my God. So, and I think I still have all the music and the mixes that you had given me too. I still have those mixes. I've used the same ones at every wedding since the dawn of time, asked Corey Pesa. We still can't. It doesn't even go out of style. Like you come to Montana, everything that we played back in 2012 is classic now. Listen, my girlfriend has a 15 year old. It's like classic rock, dude. I'm like playing. (laughs) Like, listen, if you had sex when Ignition came out, your kid would be 21 years old. Oh, they could legally drink to Ignition. Wow, that's a thinker. I don't want to think that really makes me feel old. You know what? But you don't look old. You look exactly the fucking same, except more jacked. Yes. Compliments. Bring them on. <laughs> but it's true. Like you literally, oh, man, you're, like, right. you're, built, I'm happy here. you're built for speed. Like I swear to Christ, I see you. I'm like this hurt. Like I try to stay in shape. I'm 37 years old. I'm falling apart. And I'm like, I went to physical therapy. I walk like a 37 miles a day, but then I see you and I'm just like, there's no chance. Oh, go on. Yeah, well, I mean, I did get my pump. I did do CrossFit and then four of my boyfriend's fucking workouts before this. So I hope I look all right. So first off, that makes me tired just hearing that. Oh my God, I couldn't. Can we talk about your boyfriend? Because one, we have to approve because you know that I'm very protective of you and then I love you dearly. Oh, you love him. Well, I kind of do love him because the funny part is I actually stole cable from somebody just to watch his show. I know it's so terribly addictive that I literally had to be like, call one of my friends. Like, look, I don't give a shit about MTV, but I need to watch this crap like immediately. That's amazing. (laughs) You know me. Should I turn my phone? I noticed you guys are all this way and I'm this way. Does it matter? No, you look great. If you're comfortable, leave it. Yeah, you're good. Okay, I didn't didn't know if there was like, we're supposed to have it a certain way. We have no production value on the show, so I wouldn't worry about (laughs) it. This is like my second Zoom I've ever had in my life, so. Well, well, welcome. Welcome, like, head first into the cement. So, I guess, well, let me give you the quick, because your first question was, what have I been up to since you were teaching me how to DJ at the place in Boston? Which we have to talk about. Um... But I moved out to Montana. I did like a million MTV shows and and more. Like there was like Fear Factor. There was like some other shows. And then um, I was training horses at Yellowstone. I was teaching kickboxing. I was been painting. This is like my paint room. Is it um, safe to say you're a masochist? I yeah, I guess. I feel like every time. Look, look, I don't. I deliberately tried but to she avoid seems to enjoy it. So. Watching you on things, but every time I turn something on and I see you, you're like falling off a bridge. Someone's like pushing you, someone's fighting, grabbing hair. Like I'm just like I I feel like you like this a lot. I you're wrong. <laughs> um it pays well and I've sold my soul. So <coughs> Join that's the really... club. Except I'm not getting paid <laughs> well. 
that's where I'm at. I mean, like, it's like, how much would you, you know, how much is your soul worth? And for me, um, that's, that's, MTV, did, did MTV you guys literally I, say that? I accept it. <laughs> did the producers at MTV literally say how much is your soul worth? Because I've been asked to be on some of these shows and I've read like the agreements and I absolutely believe that like they own you. They do. They own, they own all of you. They can sell my organs in the black market. I mean, I am uh, what I am literally, I am dead. Basically I'm already in hell with Satan. It's already happened. So yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this. How do you end up, how does somebody end up on a show on MTV? I feel like this world is so different from what I know. It would be interesting to hear your story. I mean, I've, the way I ended up, like, super long story short, is, like, I was back in college, and I just, I went to casting on MTV.com and submitted for the real world, and they weren't even casting, they were closed, and then they're like, oh, we're closed, but we're curious about you, like, maybe Bad Girls Club, and I'm like, I'm not a bad girl, I'm a straight-A student, and they're like, come in anyways, and I was like, fine, but I don't really want to do it, and they talked to me, and then they're like, well, well, and I was like, I really don't want to do it, and they're like, okay, well, then we'll try you up with the real world again, and then Eventually, I just ended up like straight to the challenge, which is like so not my world because my world is like I never did sports growing up. I just rode horses and did arts and crafts. Like I'm like a I'm like a jack of all trades and a master of your none. I can do everything. Just a jumping little bit okay. Huh? That was said. So your world wasn't bungee jumping for money because that wasn't my world either. <laughs> I'm lucky that I even made it to the gym. Like I thought it was cool that I worked. I worked at a gym at the front desk and made protein shakes and occasionally got on the treadmill. Like I wasn't a fitness freak, you mm -hmm. know? And so it wasn't until, and no. scared of everything. I'd never jump out of a plane. Like I don't want to fucking run unless it's to like get ice cream. Like I have, it, it, this world was, I never would have ever done any of this in my life. And so like getting thrust into it and like, all the things I've experienced and what I've put myself through, like that is the coolest thing in the entire world because it's so not me at all. So like, I'm, I'm pretty proud of everything I've done. It's, it's a blessing to, to have be, be given the opportunity to do all those things that no one would ever do in their life. But, um, definitely takes a toll mentally and physically. That's for sure. And 14 seasons later, I, I burnt, I burnt, I hit the ground hard. Wow. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I didn't know anything about, I haven't watched MTV probably in like 20 years. Um, so I, I, did, I did a little bit, I did a little bit of like, like research before we did this and the shit you were doing, it's like gladiator shit. It's insane. Yeah. So like really, whereas my only, yep. um, all I knew about you was kind of what Ben mentioned that you were on MTV and you're doing these shows. I kind of pictured more uh, of the, the, the drama based TV yeah. stuff. Uh, and so after seeing all the crazy, like you're, you're a straight up athlete. Oh yeah, no, she's of like, like a, the like, highest order. It's, she's like a Jedi. <laughs> Aside from the, the opportunities that came up, what, what kind of switched that you were like, okay, this is the path I'm going to stick with for 10 years, you know, or plus. It, it was honestly by luck because on my first season, I was the first one gone. Like I was literally <laughs> the first one kicked off the show. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that was my, there it was, came to mind, try that. I'll probably never be back. And then, you know, there was like two seasons that I was an alternate that I got put on, you know, because somebody got injured or whatever. And so I, and so like, it was really by luck and by chance that I happened to get called back so many times. Cool and like every time I, like, I think because whatever it is about me, like I'm, very polarizing and I was able to, I had so many, it, like I, I was never just there, 
like stories really revolved around me. So I guess they kept happening. And I was like the little engine that could, because I, yeah. I kept fighting through, even though I was terrified of everything, the literally in, in school, I was the last kid picked for any sport activity whatsoever. I still can't catch a ball, you know? And so from, to, from that to like fighting my way through everything, I think people kind of saw themselves in me and they would root for me. Um, even though everybody else was like shitting on me. Yeah. And then eventually I, all the you shitting were on me. Scapegoat. I was, and then like all the shitting on me from castmates ended up making me very like hard. And like, I started like winning challenges and stuff. And so I became very like, fuck everybody. And I'm not even going to entertain it anymore. And I lost the fun. And I think mm -hmm. in that, you know, is where I kind of like just burnt out. I went straight work mode, straight yeah. competitive mode, no fun mode. And I, and I kind of lost myself for a minute. So hopefully if I ever get the chance to go back, like I'll be able to, <laughs> from, you know, from watching. Just like you met, you mentioned that the, the no fun thing and yeah, just, I just, just I watching. Out, like I stopped. I used to think of it as like this crazy cool opportunity. Everything we did, I was terrified. I was shooting my pants the whole time, but it's like, I got through it and it's like, eventually I was like, Oh, this is it. Okay. We're doing this. All right. I'm going to get fucking hurt. I know. Like it wasn't, I didn't look at things like, Oh my God, what a cool, like, let's just find a new, like, it's it's a gonna be fun. What are we doing next? Like I looked at everything because I, <laughs> I've been through everything and I've gotten injured and i've seen people get fucked up and now i'm just kind of like the old lady that's like fuck this and fuck you like <laughs> and i want to find the fun again you know i needed the break so that's fascinating um and I, one of the things that the first thing i thought was that look that gig that you're doing looks like the funnest thing that's also my worst nightmare <laughs> like you know you see you see it's a big playground essentially except yeah. very very violent <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very, very hard on the body. That is yeah. for sure. Like you, it's it turn. It used to be, I think, more more fun type stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's gotten like increasingly more and more militaristic. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Also, like, and I'm still, I'm such a baby. <laughs> like when I'm working out and stuff, I'm like I don't wanna. And it's so you know, you go there and you like you have to. Right. So. So what, what was the preparation like? Because like you said, I mean, you got this gig and you felt like you were on the non-athletic side. So how did you prepare for what was coming up when you got that, that offer? I mean, I didn't, like, I didn't even know, I didn't even really know what it, what it really fully was. Like mm -hmm. I, you know, I had to learn how to swim eventually because my swimming was so bad. And like, they had, you know, you'll be dropped. You'll have to like jump from one thing to another over the water and if you hit something weird and you fall weird and you fuck yourself up in the landing, you have to get right back up and start swimming somewhere. And it's like, I'm not, I doggy paddled for, for years. I was a doggy paddler. And it's not only that, it's like, there's, there's puzzles. I mean, I, the thing that really kicked my ass into gear was my, my moment was when I was filming this season where this CrossFit girl who's like taller than me, stronger than me. Uh, me and her had to wrestle because there's no weight classes. Like I could be put against anybody, you know, the right. smallest girl could be put against the largest girl. There's no weight classes. You're fucked. So I had to pull, wrestle a pole away from her. And she basically just suplexed me. Like I was nothing. Like she just was like, Whoop, and I was like, okay. I'm like, she does CrossFit. Maybe I should try that. And, um, so then I, then that's when I actually started getting in like ridiculous shape. Like I started working out more. Like I tried CrossFit. I started, you know, kickboxing. Like I just got in better and better shape. 
So that mm. helped. Swimming lessons helped. And now apparently you have to be really good at math too. Like, <laughs> Jesus. can you imagine like in the middle of your workout, they're like, and here's a math problem. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and it's gotta be weights on my so CrossFit on. bar. I'm, 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 I'm like, going to bring it back. Cause I want to talk about how Cara and I actually met because the thing that's funny is, is that like, you know, Cara's all over TV and I, First off, had no idea who she was, but we worked at the same meat market of a club in down in Faneuil Hall, Boston. And when I first, it was called the place. And and the the thing they used to always say is it's where people meet. And ironically, that's where I met Kara. And um, I was like a terrible DJ, but the the you're um, not. You're awesome. You've well, here's been the thing: awesome. is so Kara didn't like me because my energy's a little bit, I don't know, weird. And, and sometimes, yeah, it's a lot. And I think she was just like, who the fuck is this? No, absolutely not. And then one night she was DJing. She had to do a DJ set. And she was like, she was like, can you help me? Cause she was like, Our, the guy that ran the club would like throw you in front of whoever. It didn't matter what night. There'd be like 300 people there. He'd be like, just go DJ, just go do it. So she was like, yeah. can, can you help me? So I went up there and I, and we went through like the watch the people in the back get into this. Now we're going to slam into this. Now we're going to do that. And she realized like she could have control over the entire room. And I went from like, I, I think you hated me to be like, dude, that was like, look, that was crazy. Like, and, yeah. and like you like, I really enjoyed that because it was one of the, like those times where like someone I didn't expect to like me at all, like respected me by the end of the night because we rocked that set. We had such oh, a good time. I, I hated, and I was bartending, and as a bartender, you hate everybody. So I already hated everybody. And it's, it's like, true. you had like all this crazy energy. You had, I'm like, I can't, I'm like, my brain that can't keep up with you. And then I remember um, <laughs> when you taught me, how, like you took me under your wing. I didn't know the first thing about DJing and like everything I learned is from you. And I had so much fun and I loved it. And like, I want I, I miss those days. I want to get back to it. Well, I used to always say to you that it would be so crazy that you're doing all these appearances. Like, why wouldn't you double dip and just DJ the events? And you're like, can I really do that? I'm like, send me a damn hard drive, girl. Like, I will give you music. I will show you what you need to do. And like, yeah, and here you are. I feel like sunrise, sunset. Like, I'm like a proud Jewish mother. Like, you've you've DJed your way to Montana with the horses. <laughs> I think I actually, I was actually thinking of getting back into DJing in Montana because, like I said, the music scene it hasn't changed at all, so it wouldn't be hard. No, like, you as can a use the exact same playlist. Time. Ask yourself, yeah. will Dre Haynes dance to it? You know, what is I mean? he like, still bartending? Do you know? I, have, I don't know. I haven't been outside in the world, but I mean, so everyone knows Dre Haynes was voted one. I think at one point, like one of the greatest bartenders in the United States, but he's worked at the greatest bar in Boston. He's worked at the plate. He's worked everywhere. And literally he's like this like 113 year old black dude. That's awesome looking in awesome shape. And literally everywhere he goes, he looks like he's five. He looks like he's, he looks like he's 30. No matter. I don't know. He's ageless. And he's always with smoking hot girls everywhere in the country, just drinking alcohol. I don't know how he's not dead. But Drake, like little... he survived on like a handle of tequila like every night he'd always go crazy like he was like the party of boston and now i want to know what he told me to, like, if i didn't take Facebook. a shot at, he told me if i didn't take a shot at tequila that he was firing me on the spot yeah <laughs> that's right oh gosh <laughs> he was a party yeah, so when, and you even you even did a whole photography thing with me. That well, too. that was true. Yeah, so I was like a dude with a camera, and I got like a good camera. 
I mean, before Corey and I just started doing videos and stuff, I was like, oh, <laughs> I'll mess around with this and all that. And it was really nice because you actually let me um, figure out how to like get light and make things awesome. And you said something really nice to me. You're like, Ben, you made me feel pretty. As if you're not pretty. As if anyone in the world with, with eyes would look at you and say, hey, you're not pretty. But like you, you made Aww. me feel pretty inside. Oh, I remember that day. You got some really cool shots too. Like all around your them. house. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually one of the coolest, not coolest, but it was sad. My cat died like a day or two later. And I remember to myself, like you, like he spent the whole day watching you do makeup. And like when he passed, you were like, oh my God, I was just hanging out with him. And like that cat had like 300 comments on his picture from like directors, like reality stars, like like actresses and all. But like that, it was such a good day. And we got such great shots um, that I would love to post those again. Maybe like we can put one of them on the show so people can yeah, see how terrible let's do a photographer I am. If you can dig out of your archives. Oh yeah. I'll make Corey re-edit it and, make, and be like, make it good. Yeah. <laughs> these new edits, these new edits, it's like, you could, you, 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 I, could just take a picture rolling out of bed and just Photoshop a new face on it. This guy, yeah. like, I don't know how these kids are so good at Photoshop. It's like, there's, they're just not the same person. No, there's fair. no filter on this. Like, this is not, <laughs> that's why I'm like so far. Like, you look like, like that person. <laughs> that's how the, that's how those pictures came out. Great. was because I just took pictures of what it was. I didn't have to make you something that you aren't. Yeah. But I mean, you know, and now, now it's a whole new world. It people are world. people are plastic like the things that are going on in this world like we were we were friends before was it before no facebook was around before instagram it was oh instagram i have no i had no idea what that was until like, like six months ago <laughs> okay there you go <laughs> welcome to the world yeah i think i still had a beeper when i met you <laughs> probably. You're like, you're like, I probably have one of those like flipping text phones. I could tell you that dubstep was a new thing, so if that tell if that dates it at all, like yep. Skrill Skrillex was cool. Skrillex was happening. I think he's isn't he still cool? I don't, I don't know. know. He's but, still happening. May, I'm, you know what? Maybe. He's probably making like five hundred thousand dollars a set, and I'm still in my basement making like nothing. My mom's yeah, cooking making me podcasts. Meatloaf. Yeah, you, you, gotta, podcasts. you gotta get a cooler hairstyle. I think. I have I have the pandemic ha hairstyle where I just shave around my hairline and then just leave the top looking all rock and roll. Just let it keep growing, make like like dread things. Yeah, get some flock of seagulls green. going. I'm trying to get into her band star set with my haircut. <laughs> yeah, all the guys in my band have that same haircut, so this is his way of slipping in. I'm trying. Oh, she's on to you. <laughs> Speaking of social media, we were just talking about it. Uh, I think right before you came on, you were doing a, a live reading. Uh, ben sent us a text letting us know you were doing like a book club. But I just got every plane in the world landing Do outside the my airport? window. <laughs> plane's in Montana? <laughs> Who's that, Harrison Ford flying over? God, I felt in like Montana. a thing of like butt sweat on this hairy chair right now. <laughs> <laughs> ah! There's no central air in here. We only have summer for like two months, so it's not worth it. Um, uh, what were we talking about? So reading? I, I was mentioning you were talking about uh, social media before you jumped on with us. You were doing like a book club, like a, an Instagram live. Is that yeah. something that you do often? 
I'm kind of a nerd. So basically, kind of. I think it was like in the middle of the pandemic and I was just like losing my mind. I was like, I have to do something. And I couldn't like the libraries were closed, but the dollar store was open. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the dollar store. I'm going to check because they have a book section and see if there's anything interesting. And I actually found this book called Mad by Chloe Esposito. And I read about it. It said something about like Italian mobsters and uh, drugs and sex. And I was like, fuck it. That sounds good. And it's a dollar. So if I don't like it, it was a dollar. So it was the best dollar I've ever spent at the dollar store. I don't know how that gem of books was there. Apparently, it was the author's first book. And she's only ever written the trilogy of those books. I've messaged her on Instagram because I'm so obsessed. And I was like, you know what? I'll just read, I'll read one of these books. I gave people the opportunity of like, do I read the Stephen King book about the, uh, I forget the name of it. It was like, it was basically the pandemic. What was it? Do you know the, the Stephen stand? King book about the, the virus? Stand? The Stand. The Stand, yeah. yeah. So I bought that one. 1,400 pages? That sounds yeah. like a chore. Yeah, that's a commitment. <laughs> so I bought that one and then I bought, and then I had the book Mad and I was like, what do you guys want, what do you guys want me to read to you? And um, luckily, they all voted for Mad. And I was like, okay, I started reading it. There's like so many crazy sex scenes in it. I'm like, hmm. it is it is like the coolest fucking book. And then the people Did, in my Is that when you like, started your Just Friends site? Like Miss like Miss Cara Maria reads. Like, I, like I, I, I can imagine. Like, I mean, people and, charge and good so money for that. They, they told me it was a trilogy. So... We finished the first book and I'm on the second book now. And then the author is going to send me the third one because it hasn't even hit print yet. So she's going to like pre-send it to me. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It's a really good book. The whole trilogy. I think they're going to turn it. They're talking about making it into like a movie or a TV series or something too. Wow. That's awesome. Well, if they do an audio book, they should have you just do that. I don't know yeah. if it's out as an audio book. I yeah. would love to read the audio <laughs> book. Go. I've got all the characters' accents down down pat. <laughs> Takes place in Italy. Oh, <laughs> my God. Wow. That's awesome. amazing. Speaking of that, so uh, I'm guessing there's not any productions going on right now. Uh, are you still, like, involved in anything uh, MTV-wise, or are you just hanging it at home? There's, there's like, uh, I mean, we started filming two a year and right now, like there was something with like, you know, with coronavirus and everything, we film out of the country. Mm. So like there, there's just kind of a lot up in the air right now. Like if they're going to film, when they're going to film, who they're going to cast. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. really know that that's not up to me anymore. So um, what, um, are, are you kind of enjoying the limbo or not enjoying the limbo or you do you have plans or something else like do you have any other aspirations as far as you know maybe doing voiceover work getting some some credits in that direction or anything else my problem is like i said i'm, I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none so if i really focused on any one thing that i love to do i yeah. fucking murder it but i <laughs> wanted to still do a little bit of everything and so i'm looking um I mean, I have like my long-term goals is like, I want to open up my own gym, um, like a playground style adult gym, like CrossFit Ninja Warrior, but without like the heavy lifting barbells, kind of more like functional, like sandbags, kettlebells, dumbbells, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, I, and then with that, like the very end goal is I want to open an animal sanctuary. So I have to make money <laughs> so that I can spend it. And I want to like save Every fucking animal. All I do on Instagram is I follow dogs and and like horses and like animals. So like any animal, you have blind, three-eyed dog. Like I'll take it. 
I'll save it. You can live with me until you turn to dust. Like my horse right now, she's 30 years old. Like I would never just, as many people are like, put her down. She's old. I'm like, no, she's, she'll let me know when her time is ready. When she doesn't want to eat her food anymore, I'm not going to force her to stay alive, but she's happily grazing her grass. She's eating her grain. I'll keep her alive. So like, I really want to have an animal sanctuary. But, um, before that, I feel like if by chance, if, you know, the challenge has moved on, if they've found like other, other competitors that they want, you know, to take my place and kind of, then I feel like, you know, I've, if that's the case, if it's my time to move on, then, you know, I get kicked out of the, kicked out of the bird's nest and I got to learn how to fly. So yeah. I've done that and depended on that income for so long and done my stuff on the side, like bartending, modeling, selling paintings, um, DJing, like all the shit that I've done on the side. And now I think if, if the challenge is no longer a part of my life, that wouldn't be my choice. But if, it, if it's not, then, um, there's definitely some other things that I really want to get into. And my boyfriend and I have talked about, you know, OnlyFans. Don't, no, don't, don't jump the gun there. But OnlyFans, <laughs> um, I was thinking of taking pictures for it, not of me, but of others. So I kind of would like to start finding some hot chicks to take pictures of. So well, that could be a bad career, huh? No, but that's I mean, amazing. You you seem like such an entrepreneur in so many ways. And we, you know, we talk to a lot of different guests and it's amazing every time that these people, you know, everyone's so interesting. And especially with like the social platforms, like, you know, I followed you on Instagram right before this and saw your book reading. I think you've got such an amazing uh-huh. platform where you can do all these things. And, you know, having built up that resume of experiences and people that follow you, I, you know, I think that's what's great about gaining followers through social media is you, all of these other things, people will follow you through that too. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely opened up a whole new world that like we never had before. But, you know, I do get, because I'm such a scatterbrain and I want to do everything, like I get a little envious of someone like you that knows you, your one love, like you could do a bunch of things, but you know, like your real love is music. And it's like, there's other people like, I know my real love is makeup. Don't confuse Siobhan. Here's the thing. Siobhan (laughs) is not a normal mortal. See, I I know that she's not that good at many things, but she's great at piano and, and violin. But then she's like biology. She reads. She like knows like a 37 languages. She's like a show horse. I swear to God, she's like an no, Iberian warm blood. No, you're she's making me look really good. Since the 13th century. <laughs> no, no but a perfect I, lineage in Sweden. He's still trying to get in on that band. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's very she's sweet. She's not no, the one I have to suck up to. No. I've already won her over. No, but Cara, I totally relate to you in that you have lots of interests. And that's that's all it is with me is, you know, even though music is my love, I'm totally, I get derailed all the time by all sorts of other, you know, little interests here and there and side projects. And it's, it's hard, you know, when you want to do so many different things. So I can totally relate to that. Cause I'm like, if I could just invest all my time in one thing, we'd, we'd all be rock stars. But it's like, I think I've noticed when I do something, it's always like do what you love and you'll never have to work. But I mean, I've, I've done what I've loved in different aspects. And if I do too much of it, I burn out. So it's yeah. like, I need to like, it's like if I if all I ever ate was cookies and brownies my whole life, they're fucking delicious, but I'm sure I'd get over it and be like, maybe I want a taco. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is it keeping it fresh? Like you just need something new and stimulating to keep your interest? Is that why? It- it's like I know the things I love, but I need to like yeah. cleanse my palate. I can't get like, yeah. and so, but at the same time, it kind of stops me from getting like too deep into that one thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind no, of I feel like I have the opposite happening for me. I found a job I love with music, and I work every day of my life. 
You just like to complain. That's the answer. <laughs> well, that's how Carl and I, I like get along. Carl and I get along because everyone, where we're so different in so many ways, we bitch very similarly. So I remember <laughs> when I used to work with her, she would have people at the bar, whatever. And she would give me a look like laser eyes. Like, like I don't, I'm not fucking having this, dude. Like, what's going on? She's like, I'll bring you. I'd be like, I need a pineapple juice. And she would just know. She'd just bring me pineapple juice. And I'd be like, I'll play whatever song you want, Cara Maria. What song did I always want? I don't remember. I know that I Drake remember. wanted fuck. I, I know. I know Dre wanted Drake all the time. That's how I found out about YOLO because I remember kids kept coming up to the microphone going, "Can I yell YOLO? Can I yell YOLO?" I'm like, "What is that?" I'm like, "Is that like a flavor of bubble gum? YOLO g- bubble gum? Like I don't know what it is." And then I heard, "You only live once." The motto. And like I think it was Julie who we worked with behind the bar was like, "Ben, that's a song. It's it's, it's yeah. a Drake song." I'm like. Drake doesn't he work behind the bar? That's she's like it's Dre. I'm like oh okay. So that I, I had like, no idea. So you forgot about Dre. That's what you're saying. I did forget about Dre. Eminem <laughs> that, reminded me though. That was the days of like Katy Perry's "I Kissed a Girl" and everybody's like oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that was that was a fun time. Like listen, we played such basic music that now is like straight up jams. Like here's the thing is I'll go to a wedding and I'll play like the same terrible Afrojack song or the same Swedish House Mafia song for like these old EDM kids that are like 26 and they're like holy shit, how do you know take over control? You know like like yeah, like, are you shitting me? I was the terrible DJ watching the the Guidos pick up the girls with a little bit of puke in their hair as yeah. they left the place going bullseye. Oh in my Boston. God. Oh my God. What, is, <laughs> what even is it now? Because like I'm up here in Montana. I think it's here. closed, dude. I think it's legit closed. Everything's closed. Well, I think, I, I, I think that, yeah, that part is closed. It was like at one point they... They tried making it like a restaurant or something. And then I think the last time I went by, I didn't see anything in there. Oh, and it's like, I just think of like, you know, my, my life growing up there, like the prime of my life was there. Like I remember Barstool sports. That's when I did like all my my Barstool covers when Barstool was in print and then look at them now. Oh my God. Yeah, oh, and she and she froze. I, I jumped, you know. I got some covers. We did the parties. It was, oh, it, so was did you. it was a blast. No, but I I, I gotta okay. tell you that um, when you were dating Abram, and I don't mean to bring him up, but like he worked there too. <laughs> I remember one of my favorite things ever. I was like, "What song can I play for you?" And this is how I know I rem- I remember because he asked me for Danzig Mother. And I was like, thank you for finally out of 7,847 songs asking me to get paid to play metal in this fucking Dave Matthews Bruins watching Celtics after like dude, man, guy, bro, Chad bar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of Chads. Lots of Chads. Everyone was a Chad. I've seen like the planes. By my house are so close to my. I'm like, was this like a high traffic day or something? I'm surprised there are that many planes flying right now, but that's that's crazy. Right. Just like every ten minutes, another plane lands. Well, they, they, know. they haven't even been hit. Have you been hit with coronavirus in Montana yet? Do they even know? Have they come out to see anybody? We're technically supposed to. Wait. I mean, I think maybe five people died in the whole state. Like, I don't mm. even know. And like. 
I don't even think there's really anybody in the hospital for it, but because, you know, it's like everybody has to do what everybody's doing. So it's like now they're, they're mandating masks, but not really. Well, I, and so I you know, it's, point, it's not good here. So yeah. stay away. Like, it's good that there's no one around there because it's it's a real thing. My girlfriend's a, a nurse and like it's it's not good. So it's funny because it's like there's parts of the country it hasn't hit yet, but then there's like Israel that just got hit with the second wave that has a 499% morbidity rate, which is not just a metal song, it's actually how fast things spread. And wow, it's it's a real thing. So stay safe, Cara Maria. We want to see you do the challenge Where? again. We're out of touch here because, like, we've got more animals and cows than people. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't feel yeah. real because Better. I go to the horse barn, Better. I go to my gym, and, like, nobody's masking. We're just cleaning up our stuff. But, like, right. if you go to grocery stores or stuff in town, you have to wear masks. And it, like, trips me out to see. It's like, is this our new norm? Like, it just is so – it's just cre it's just creepy. creepy. It's Boston, like a horror it's fucking, movie. And, no, it's – you literally drive down 93 in Boston and it's like COVID-19 must stay quarantined, but it's, it's yeah, they're billboards. Yeah. It's, like, well, Siobhan's kind of like sort of in the middle of it, but like it started in Boston, like it yeah. came to Boston. So like here we already know better. And like, we were like, you have to be on lockdown for two weeks. Like, how could I not go to Dunkin' Donuts for two weeks in Boston? And let me tell you, like it, it's <laughs> talking. bananas. I'm <laughs> Dude, there's a well, lot of planes in Montana right now. This just tells you <laughs> social relativism. Everyone's escaping right. to Montana apparently this, this because it's studying the anthropology. Well, it sounds like it's safe there. Yeah, it must better be better density. Population yeah, you density. want to know how safe it is? It's safe enough. Yeah. But apparently, Montana is paying to put billboards up everywhere. Uh, every other state, people are telling me, "Oh, how is it in Montana?" Because people in Nashville, Utah, Colorado, they're seeing they're seeing billboards up. Come to Montana. <laughs> We have ah. like yeah. it's advertising. Bring it here. Bring it here. Like, no, that's crazy. Um, yeah, we've, that's that's we've crazy. Like, we've got people apparently from California, like super rich people. Everybody's moving out of the the cities and coming in coming into here, and they're literally buying million multi million dollar homes sight unseen just to get out of California, New York, and like come out here. Yeah, dude, because you want to know why? Because people are fucking dying out there and they're like, hey, for the same like price that I could buy an 800 square foot like like shoe box in New York City, I can buy a 17,000 square foot mansion with 400 acres and 13 fucking thoroughbreds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like out in Montana, and I live yep. next to Harrison Ford, and I needed a helicopter to get to work. And they're like, fuck yeah, no coronavirus here. We can't even get Bud Light. No, but I think it'll change really in the long term how people feel about city life. Because think about all the people in New York that spend most of their lives outside and enjoying the city. And all of a sudden you're stuck and you're like, wait, this sucks. I have to be in 400 <laughs> square feet for like eternity until someone says I, I can go out. My mind. Yeah, I so my mind. I'm so happy. Like I've never been happier. Like with everything that has gone on in 2020, I am so thankful to be in Montana. And I don't want anybody else to come out here. <laughs> Stay away from I Montana. Take, take your I'm own thankful. billboards out. Stay <laughs> out of Montana. Yeah, we have this band, Lost Symphony, Cara, that supports this, that we got 2020 into doing this show so I could catch up with you and have an excuse to text you. Which, by the way, I texted you. And I want, I want everyone to know this, that like, I, I was like, hey, do you mind being on the show? And you're like literally the first person I texted. And 
I was like, maybe she changed her number. Maybe she doesn't like me. Like, I don't want to be that guy. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't see this, blah, 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 blah. And like, I got to say, like, thank you so much for like, you came like right away and like hooked it all up. And then you're like, do you want to talk to my boyfriend? And then I'm like, who's your boyfriend? And you're like, he's Paul from X on the Beach. I'm like, I love Paul. He has <laughs> such a nice six pack. You, like, he's dreamy. Like, he's dreamy. <laughs> I, he, I, yeah. I, I totally gonna... approve. I approve of you for him. You're going to love him because, and I instantly thought of you because of you with all like, like he, he's got, you know, his involvement with like rock bands and stuff for his life. Like you guys can talk about rock bands and singers, you know, until the cows come home. Like that's his thing. And like, he's also got like a million projects going on. Like he's super, super um, driven. Um, and he's constantly coming up with things so he could be well, his own boss. The sweat like, on your body that you pointed out. Didn't he kick uh, your ass just before this? He did. I paid him. Never mind. I'm not going No, but isn't that great motivation for working out? Tell everybody out there, like, because I find that there's nothing of a better motivator than hate or uh, especially self-hatred is the, is the best motivator. But like, I have yeah. a six pack because of anxiety, um, because of uh, fighting with my girlfriend because she's stronger than me and because I run away from people. So like, I have... I have uh, like maybe it's almost an eight pack, but it's not because like I'm trying hard. It's because I literally I work for it because I'm scared. I oh really need to know your secrets then, because <laughs> I work my butt off. I I think I just work out so I can eat. And I'm the same. Too, yeah, which I haven't Take even gotten to eat my pizza yet, you guys. Because I'm talking to you, so this you is can eat it right now. <laughs> Go grab your pizza. Eat it right now. Corey's drinking. I'm the not chick spitting pizza. I'm the one drinking. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do the handoff when Polly when Polly does his when Polly comes in to chat with how you guys. Did, we'll have him handing off pass the so, pizza. So now that we know our backstory, how did you meet Paul? So like I I I talked to you the other day, and you're like, do you want to talk to Paul? Is it Paul I, or Polly? Polly. Polly. Okay. Polly. Paul and Polly. <laughs> um, I Paulie met C. him doing a challenge on a challenge. So I was single. Um, and when I met him, we had, we had like, we definitely had a connection, but then I found out he had a girlfriend. Um, Holly. and so I was like, Oh, I was like, maybe he could just be my like broski, be like my buddy friend and like help me make this other guy jealous because I was trying to, I was like bent on revenge for on some other dude. Um, and who was playing mind games with me. And so Polly was like, so he was just so cool. And so like, you know, if I was upset, like he just was like, come here and like spun me around the living room and dance with me. And just like, he was somebody that wherever I was in the house, I was drawn to just be near him. And then I got really stupidly drunk and was like, let's make out. And I was trying to get him to have like a threesome on the first. Like, I'm so embarrassed <laughs> of how sloppy and aggressive I was on him. Like, completely embarrassing. Not okay There's whatsoever. probably like six million people who watch your show like, oh my oh, God, I dreamt of this day that Carl so was aggressive. And, you know, and what ended up happening was he ended up getting taken out of the house because of the format of the game. And I was like, okay, good. Like he's gone. He pushed off my advances. Well, we won't, you know, it won't happen. I'll probably never see him again. And it was like, every time I saw him or was remotely around him, like when they bring him back to the house, like I was just so drawn to him. And then it turned to us like really I mean, I'm trying drawn to, to him too, because I got to tell you, I watched him with my girlfriend and I was like, which <laughs> one's the hot one. She's like him. I'm like, I agree. <laughs> 
Good taste. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not look, 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 I, I'm, I'm man enough to say, look, that dude's a good looking dude. I can't go to the gym and put up that kind of weight. Like those, I got to ask him about his show because your show looks torturous. X on the beach. It's just like, tell me if I'm wrong about the premise, but it's basically like, hey, let's whisk you away to a fucking paradise. Let's give you like whatever food you want. Let's give you a gym outside, like in Hawaii or whatever, an Uber mansion and a bunch of fucking single hot people. And, and then, he didn't let's want anything to do with it. He didn't want anything to do it. All he wanted sure. to do was a challenge. Just, All he wanted to do was a challenge. You could offer him Big Brother. You could offer him Survivor. He could offer him The Amazing Race. And it's like all he wants to do is compete on the challenge. Like that is his thing. So, yeah, but, but hold on. But let me tell people what this show is. Because for Corey and Siobhan, who probably don't haven't watched MTV since Video Kill the Radio Star. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so basically they put a bunch of single people from reality shows on like in this crazy house, you know, like mm. insane house in some paradise. And then they're like, get drunk and see what happens. And obviously people like make out and like hook up and whatever. And then they just randomly bring in exes from people on the island. Oh, and, no. But those exes could either get back with the people because some of them still love those people or they could <laughs> fuck all the other hot people and everyone's hot. Everyone's hot. Like, I mean, I can this understand. This makes me wonder, what is reality TV going to look like in like 15 or 20 years? Because I feel There's like no it reality has to get to like... It. No, but it, like like you were saying earlier, Car, it's like it, like everything has to get more intense, more intense, more intense, and it's like at what point do you just explode? Like I don't know. MTV is like, let's put what the pandas next? in the cage and see if they fuck. Do you know what's crazy? And you guys probably have don't even remember this. There was a reality show called The Swan. Do you remember this show? I, I don't remember. Think I... I was like a freshman in college when this show came out and it would never be okay today even though it's basically what all reality is the swan they take women that might be like overweight might have like you know they might want to have a big nose whatever it is that they want like to look like what society deems as beautiful mm -hmm. so like they go on the show and it's plastic surgery so like they do the weight loss surgery they give them new teeth nose jobs like Chin jobs, Didn't Vince Neil from face. Motley Crue do this? Huh? Didn't Vince Neil from Motley Crue do like this exact same thing? But what, was like, listen what? to this. It gets worse. So it, there was only one season of it and they give these girls like extreme plastic surgery makeovers and then they put them in a fucking beauty pageant. Could you imagine being like, hate not being confident with who you are, getting your body, your face, everything completely made over so that you're like a brand new person and then still not being hot enough to win a pageant. Like yes. somebody, like it was such, I'm like this shit that these women. Isn't that called RuPaul's Drag through? Race? Huh? Isn't that called RuPaul's Drag Race? No, RuPaul's Isn't that the Drag premise Race of the whole is the best show on TV. It's my favorite show. Uh, I love RuPaul. So that actually yeah, brings no, up a good was like work. This was literally just women getting plastic surgery, which, which is literally insane. all that Instagram is now anyway. Yeah. But it was, but like, still, I don't think a show like this would be allowed to go on the air today. It kind of brings up a good point because that's, it's got to be horrifying from every angle. And like you said, it couldn't happen today. Um, but even like your life is projected out more so than anyone I've had the chance to speak with. So, so, uh, I'm curious, how do you draw a line between your public and private life that keeps you sane? 
I am such like a loner. So to me, like, and like, I would never go to parties and stuff. Like I didn't mind bartending because I was behind the bar. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't mind hosting an event because I was up here and everybody was there. And it's like, for me, the problem was when I got pushed into the challenge world, um, I didn't, I didn't know what, what was, I think, you know, like when producers would talk to me, when you do your interviews, like I just was an open book. Mm -hmm. I said everything about how I was feeling. I, I never hid anything. If I was attracted to someone, I was attracted to someone. If I was scared of something, I'd say I'm scared. And I was so completely open, even when everything went down, like with my boyfriend and him, you know, eventually, obviously we, we hooked up before he was able to even call his girlfriend and break up with her. And then he did do that. And then there was like a, you know, it was kind of like a little blurry in the middle, like while we were figuring out what we were dating or whatever. And like the thing, the unfortunate thing is because my life had been on reality TV, I never drew the line of separating my, my pride. Like everything was out there. And because of that, I got really fucked up. (laughs) So I think with taking this year off from the challenge, like I've had a nice full year to like, get back to me again. Mm -hmm. And I think I've learned a lot in this time. And I do learn that there are a lot of people that, um, keep a lot of what they do separate, which is the smart thing to do. And that you, you can have both. So I think a lot of what me and Polly try to do, we try to keep a lot of our lives actually as private as we can now. Um, but it, it definitely was a, fucked me up being so incredibly open and 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 i just couldn't draw the line so i've kind of this time a way to figure it out that's got to be really hard and i i feel like that's probably something that doesn't get talked about enough you know the the stuff that people you know go through in a lot of these reality shows or just being in the public eye well, we talk to we talk to musicians a lot, and their 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 band might catch shit for something, and just the shit yeah. people say about a band, which at least it's kind of deflected amongst a few people and a, and an image, but it's just you um, that gets that attention. So yeah. I think I'm I'm happy for you that you can kind of step away and and I mean it, you really try because there's a lot of people like a lot of my castmates. It's like we just we just get lost in the world of like, everything is reality TV. So it's like, even when you're not filming, you, you kind of are in the mindset of you're still filming, whether mm-hmm. people yeah. are having Twitter fights or getting insulted about something somebody's comments or says, and it's like, and you really need to step back because I'm so guilty of that. But I, I try so hard to be aware enough to like step back and be like, all right, this person, whatever they're saying doesn't matter. Like I don't need to engage in it. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I've gotten myself in a lot of trouble um, because I haven't been able to step back. So I'm, I'm really focusing on being more aware of that for sure. And it's gotta it definitely be hard. is, and it's in, and the privacy, like when you're in that world, you don't have like your, anything that goes on in the world, anything, any, no matter how small, no matter how big you're expected, people are like, use your platform, speak on this, mm-hmm. speak on this. Why don't you speak on this? Why don't you raise money for this? And it's like, all of a sudden you're turned just because you're, you're out there, mm-hmm. you're turned, turned into basically a walking fundraiser or poster board for whatever anybody, but everybody's they wouldn't even beliefs. share my Poshmark link. And I thought you were being kind of elitist <laughs> as far as I was ah! concerned. I had so <laughs> many good shirts to share. And I was like, this girl likes fashion. Why can't you share my Poshmark? I don't oh understand. You got 495,000 followers. 
Like all you need is a screenshot. You could have made my day. Ah. Wait, are you talking? Are you being talking about you? I'm, be, I'm totally kidding. I'm fucking. Oh, he's like, just no. He's just kidding. No, he's just kidding. No, but I think it's probably I made even. It, though. It's probably made even worse by the fact that everybody has a voice now. So I mean, you can say whether you say or don't say something. Everybody in the world is saying something on Twitter, or Instagram, whatever. So you can't but the even tell. Problem is like, I I would so many times I'd rather just say nothing because if you say yeah. something, there's half the people that want you to say it. Half the people are gonna hate you for saying it. Yeah. You know, and then if you're quiet, everybody's mad at you for being quiet. And I'm like, I just want to be the person that talks about, you know, animals, adopt senior animals. And, so let's ask Han. Stop right there. TV. Let's let's find out how much we all have in common. So what's your favorite bird? I've never really thought about that. <laughs> well, we're asking you now. Oh, a crow. So yeah, actually. A crow. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. That's beautiful. Okay. So that's that's cool. All right. and, and 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 okay. So Kara, and then if you could meet anybody yourself now that you have the fame and people stop you and, and recognize you from TV, who would you be starstruck by if you saw them like at the mall of Montana? Because <laughs> you, hang I, out you know what's funny is you know who lives in Montana is Michael Keaton. Oh, oh really? Man. Batman. Yes. Beetlejuice. Yes. <laughs> Did you say it three times? Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yes. Where are you, Michael Keaton? <laughs> oh, my God. I would love to, like, just sit down and hang out with Michael Keaton. And I've never met him, but, I mean, that man to me is a legend. Oh, my God. Um, I would die. He's Batman. Yeah. And He's then other Beetlejuice. than that, like, I feel like it'd be fun to hang out with someone like Jennifer Lawrence. Like, I just feel like she'd be, like, a fun person to hang out with but other than that like i don't th i can't think of like a celebrity that i'm like oh my god i need to meet them or i die mm -hmm. i think ryan reynolds and blake lively would be fun to have dinner with you know a double date dinner like i think they're funny and cool why not but, right yeah i remember actually though you used to do like you definitely are like the tim burton fan because i remember you used to ha I, I saw a picture of you with like the the edward scissor hands and like all like, you you definitely used to have a super style so like what what Instagram was starting? One of the things I think that caught on about you is that you looked different than everybody in so such a cool way. You like had pirate dreads. You know you had fucking Edward Scissorhand pictures. You you know all kinds of crazy things that you just went for it. And even when we shot our, our first thing, I was like, "Do you want to go to a graveyard?" Because like I'm a metalhead, and I'm like, maybe we should shoot in the graveyard. You're like, that's awesome. And like yeah. literally one of my favorite pictures is you standing in front of a grave like holding a flower. I was like because it was so honest and it was yeah. really cool but like it was metal but like you literally put yourself out there but you, from the very beginning you were always like for me like the Tim Burton of MTV I always just wanted to be like Tim Burton's child like if he could just be like my dad that'd be really cool <laughs> <laughs> and like you know my uncle Uncle Johnny Depp oh my god I don't know Johnny I mean, he's Depp going through a crazy family. right now but well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because one of one of our close friends is now managing Johnny Depp. So I hear Johnny Depp stories, and I actually was, I got serious? to meet, I got to meet him. But when I met him, when I met you him, met he was Johnny doing, Depp when he was he was doing some role for a uh, for a Disney movie, uh, Harry Potter movie or Disney movie or something, <laughs> and he looked really weird. First off, he had hair like all cut weird, 
And he looks um, so different now as like a rock star than I'm well, used to seeing him as an actor. It was very strange because Joe Perry, before he passed out for, um, at a Billy Joel concert, he like, passed out after he got off stage. I saw uh, Johnny Depp the first night he sang the song Heroes with the Hollywood Vampires. And it was crazy because they had the whole band on stage and we're at Foxwoods um, Casino and we're like backstage before the show. First off, it was like Spinal Tap because no one told us where to go. So me, uh, my buddy Alex and our old drummer Eric uh, were like walking underneath the stage. Like, should we be here? Like, why is no one stopping us like through this (laughs) casino? And then we get up on the stage and everyone's playing, but there's no Johnny Depp or no Joe Perry. And then all of a sudden, as the song's going on, Johnny Depp like struts on stage in his Johnny Depp style. Someone puts a guitar on him. He's like, yeah. And he has like a, like a cigarette just hanging out like Hunter S. Thompson. And then Joe Perry, same thing, has like a cigar hanging out. And they're both sitting there trying to sing, but with like a cigarette hanging out at the same time, blowing smoke out at each other, like looking who could be more badass at the same time while smoking. And I'm like, is this real right now? Is this really going on? And... I was, and afterwards, I got to tell you, I waited in line the whole time um, to go meet Johnny Depp because these people actually paid like $1,000 or something ridiculous to meet him. So I shouldn't say that because, you know, my friend manages him. Everyone, you, you great job spending $1,000. Um, and we wait, and at the end of the line, I'm I waiting go, for I, the punchline. <laughs> I went and gave him this little box. And he's like, what is this? And it was like a little finger trap box. That, and inside I put some weed in it because he's a pothead and he like turns around and looks at me and goes thank you Mr. Goodman because like his handlers were trying to push me out of the way and I was like no dude me and Johnny are having a moment and like he actually took the time to like shake my hand and like you know talk to me for a second and all that even though everyone was so annoyed with me like he needs to no. be somewhere else right now Sorry, so, your life yeah. <laughs> there's a pattern yeah. that's yeah so I basically just harassed Johnny Depp I mean I don't know if I met him per se but my friend does manage him <laughs> and Insult. I will tell you something that I, that I think is amazing is that he he goes over with his his young child, uh, his son, and he'll play Captain Jack Sparrow for his children. Oh, that's I'm like, cute. I'm like, I don't even care if he's an asshole. Like, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Like, could you imagine bringing over like your eight year old son and like Captain Jack's like, well, how are you? And it's fucking awesome. <laughs> wow. Studio City, California. What a weird place that is. What a life. Yeah. Cool story, bro. I know, right? <laughs> He's cool, though. Yeah. Oh my cool. gosh. So we're, yeah, we got we got about five minutes left. Um, five minutes. I know. And then Carl to take a shower. I know, and he eat pizza too. I told you it was literally not that painful. Carl was like, "But like, what am I gonna say for all this time? Like, can we just like whatever?" And I'm like, "You're gonna be fine. Like, it's gonna be me just begging yeah, you we're not just to chilling. leave us." <laughs> I was just kicking and screaming. I was like, "I just want to shower and eat pizza and watch TV on the couch." I feel you. Do, That's too. like me after sundown. I turn into a different person. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even FaceTime. Like when somebody calls me, I'm like, "Wait for it to go to text." Wait for it to go to head. Like when somebody FaceTime me, my butthole goes, and I'm like, no. I like live in fear of the FaceTime. This is why I have a galaxy. This to me is extended FaceTime. (laughs) Brought to you by Apple. (laughs) The only only brand of phone that can literally make your asshole pucker up. It really does. I'm like, why? And people love FaceTiming. I will never understand that. 
No. Holly, it's too stressful. FaceTime. I'm like, but why? Because when you're on FaceTime, you can't do shit. Like, I want to play games. Like, if somebody is actually needs to, like, talk to me on the phone, if you're on FaceTime, you can't. At least when but you're old fashioned. You, you can, Listen, you, my girlfriend's daughter, she's 15. She FaceTimes and, like, puts her phone down and, like, will be, like, blasting the fan to her friend as they're, like, talking in the background while watching Netflix. I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're hanging out. I'm like... You have a girlfriend with a 15-year-old daughter? How old are you? I'm 37. Jesus. She's 36, but she she looks... She looks like... I swear to God. And here's the thing that's disgusting, Yeah. Yeah, here's the thing that's disgusting. They look like sisters. If you you thought... Like, you saw us walking in, you'd be like, who's that dude with the two cute chicks? Well, I mean, think about it. How old would you have to be to have a 15? Like, if I had a 15-year-old daughter, I would have been... Less than R. Kelly writing Ignition. I would have been, like, 19 years old when I had her. You know what I mean? Like She was, like, 20-something. Like, 20. (laughs) Haven't you seen the show on MTV, 16 and Pregnant? I know. Oh, my God. I forgot about that show. (laughs) It happens, dude. That's, like, that's, like, you literally currently right now basically have, like, an adult... Well, child that like trips me out it's god smiting me here's the thing cara because i love hot women you know this <laughs> so what god did was bless me with a hot girlfriend but then was like i'm gonna make you be the protector of her hot offspring and i'm gonna make her equally a bitch to you too and then you have to explain <laughs> things to her like so like i have to tell her why she can't wear that crop top or be like, we should probably go to Victoria's Secret and get you new bras. And I feel like like the dad that's like, like I, I'm so out of place. And I'm like, I shouldn't be telling you this, but stay away from everyone. Just stay <laughs> away from everyone. And I told and Cindy. And then along like, came 2020 with uh, six feet of social distancing and masks. Yeah. So we're good. We're in a good era yeah. for this. Time. I literally told I, I told Cindy, I'm like, thank you for giving me a reason to kill someone. Because I, I thought I was going to be fine. I thought I was going to be fine, but now I actually have to get mad about things because there's a 15-year-old girl relying on me to some extent. I mean, she'll tell you, fuck you. I don't rely on you for shit, dude. But, like, a little bit. Wow. (laughs) Better you than me, buddy. (laughs) I don't know. She might argue. Right. (laughs) On that note. (laughs) Wow. Look at you all. I just want to say one Kara, I miss you and thank you so much for like reaching back out because I I was worried that you 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 blocked my number. So I was kind of <laughs> glad that No, you know. never. And it's funny because like you text me that and I remember seeing like a bunch, like a big long paragraph text from you, and I was like, oh, I'll read that yeah, later. Welcome to and our like, lives. Then it just got buried. And then like I was looking through like my old text, and I was like, oh shit, I never replied to that. And then I read it and I was like, oh. Benny. <laughs> I'm sorry. And with that, you've been 2020. Yes. Check out Car Maria Sorbello on MTV and saving horses everywhere. And, and tell yeah. everyone like your Instagram handle or whatever projects you'd like anyone to follow. Please. Yeah. Um, my Instagram is at Miss Car Maria, M-I-S-S, Cara Maria. And right now, literally all I'm doing is book clubs and paintings so i don't have anything insane to to sell to anybody but oh, that's amazing and listen do you read cool books you're yeah. creating and you're sharing I mean, art with the world that's what we need we need more of that we're we're in coronavirus time so just let me be your free entertainment and at go. least you didn't you didn't gain like the 30 corona po- pounds like if anything it's just the muscle you look like <laughs> you're like one of those people that got in better shape since this happened 
I've been eating a lot, but I've also been working out. So it's kind of an evening out. I'm just hoping everything I eat goes to my thighs. I'm trying to grow these things. So <laughs> you look too. great. And you look awesome. Yeah. Thank well, you, thank guys. You. Thank, thank Send you me so out much. on compliments. Welcome to me. You have compliments. Send me out with compliments. Guys. <laughs> we, we, we do us a favor. Will you come back and bitch with us again sometime soon? I would love to. When I have something actually like new and exciting to talk to you guys, I'd love to come to you guys like a really cool update. And you've been 2020. See you soon. <laughs> uh, thanks. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.